0: Good evening everyone, let's get started. Welcome once again to all crossed out here on Colin. <laughs> <laughs> he does
1: this to amuse
0: me. <laughs> you don't get to see the faces I make. See, there's a whole physical performances. Hey, you should. Uh, this is gonna be uh, one day when we, when we have like a video show and stuff. We're gonna. We're gonna talk about, oh, the old days when the only person who saw me be stupid visually as well was Jen. An audience of one. (laughs) Yes, I wear a wizard hat and only she sees it. (laughs) I have like a a long wizardy beard and a. (laughs)
1: He's
0: actually Gandalf, don't let him fool you. Exactly. Jen Monroe!
1: He's committed to it for the entire month of October,
0: y'all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, really love I love this. I love, love this. No, is still just. the same bald, close-shaven guy that you know him as. He's just right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although now, no, no, you're breaking,
0: that. you're breaking the illusion, Jen. Theater of the mind. Theater no, of the I mind.
1: No. And, and now I just screwed myself because watch. Next week you're gonna come on cam in a fucking wig and a fucking beard. It's a and... good idea.
0: It's a good idea. I got, I got two, I, th- I got two ready-made options in my closet. One of them is uh, anime-related, and the other. <laughs> yeah, maybe I shouldn't say this. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna let run with it. I don't know. Yeah, let
0: your imagination. Yeah, yeah, let your imaginations fill <laughs> in the uh, the blanks with that. Well, next Jen's <laughs> gonna talk. I'm gonna go get it so she can see. What <laughs> it <to> <laughs> Welcome to Welcome to All Crossed Out Yeah, uh, real
1: close like hearing one of our private conversations. So I hope y'all enjoyed that.
0: I know, yes, I know. So um as we said, we uh we're doing uh kind of spooky, spooky kind of talk all uh all October long. And uh yeah, we are gonna so a thing was gonna happen. A movie was gonna be discussed. Uh, but then uh, somebody's internet decided to crap out the second he sat down to watch it.
1: I mean, one of us completed the assignment and the yeah. other one did not.
0: My dog ate my homework, Jen. My, <laughs> do- my dog ate my router.
1: <laughs> Yoko chewed up the internet cord. Hey,
0: exactly, exactly.
1: That's not <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I yeah, I just, oh, I
0: god. just, sho- yeah, I just showed Jen my Halloween costume. <laughs> I'm
1: gonna
0: It's go. not what you think, guys.
1: It, it's not. No, it's just, no. It's worse. No, it it's just, much worse.
0: Exactly. 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 <laughs> uh, I'm not seeing anything in chat, by the way, which means uh, probably the chat is not working for me and uh, not that nobody's in chat. I would say JD or Joe, one of the people I see in here who are usually chatters. Uh, if you're dropping a message in chat, I cannot see. Oh, you know what I might do? Hold on a I second.
1: Can't, I, was like, I can't see it either, but anyway. Let me
0: see, let me see. I'm gonna go, let me open this in my browser. I gotta mute it too, so I'm gonna hear myself. Block. Uh, oh, okay, there good. Go. Yeah, I saw, Look. okay. Hold on, let I
1: me, mean, can I mute this? Oh, well, I was going to take this time just to just make fun yeah. of one because if you, if you listen to Ambitious Crossover Attempts, we teased this episode as both of us watching a movie and reviewing it, but some people, some people didn't watch the movie, despite being the person that assigned the movie in the first place. But it's okay, I watched the movie, so I'll tell you guys about the movie.
0: Yes, Jen, Jen, can, uh, Jen will tell you about the movie, I will tell you about... Uh, a show that I uh, watched the first episode of that is also spooky and uh, whatever. Oh, see, I put a message in chat now and I don't see it. I see uh, above. I, you don't? So I'm looking on, um, um, oh, I hold on. It. Oh, there we go. Okay, cool. All right, awesome. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much, uh, Joe, for your, uh, for your, so, okay, okay, good. So chat's working. Because there, there was, there were some problems with it in like previous episodes just wanted to make sure anyway I, I watched the first episode of a spooky spooky Halloween show uh, and Jen watched a spooky spooky uh, Romanian movie horror movie set in Romania mm-hmm. and uh, also uh, TV you know the regular everything TV and or there's rings and dragons <coughs> uh, rings is ending uh, next like this like this week she hulk is ending tomorrow
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh which uh, are we gonna like we, like we don't tweet we don't tweet about it because like if you we just enjoy it quietly we're just enjoying oh, no. it inside. Like, silence I, I
1: tweeted about it this last week and just it was a tweet that you would only have gotten if you'd actually seen the episode because okay. it was about matt's walk of shame
0: Okay. See, I like it's so weird. I it's so there's some I I feel like the me of like a few years ago would have like really hated this and would have really gotten like all culture war hung up on it and instead like something about it just feels very committed to the bit to me and just kind of fun and and I really am not taking it too seriously and it doesn't take itself too seriously and it does have the the main character... Because if, again, if the main... Because, you know, Ma- you know the, the idea of, like, a Mary Sue, right? This show is, like, the opposite of a Mary Sue. The main character, like, spends the entire season getting dunked on, dumped, used, uh, and tr- trolled on the internet. Uh, made a fool of in court. Like, she's not... That's the thing. Like, she isn't hot and super successful. And, like, the She-Hulk kind of is. But that's... The, the whole point is that, right? It's not this, like... It's not Captain... Captain Marvel felt more like that. Like, oh, girl, boss. And everyone is just putting her down and she can do everything great and stuff. And Jen feels kind of goofy and uh, kind of layered and has relatable problems. We talked about it. About (laughs) her problems being relatable.
1: Yeah, I I think we can save the discussion for that because I want to see after this last episode if my initial prediction for... How this season was going to go down is going to be proven right. Because at this point, it kind of feels like I'm going to be right. But we'll see what happens in this last episode.
0: The one thing I want to say to people who are probably very upset about this show is that... The one thing they probably shouldn't be upset about is the lighthearted tone of Daredevil in this. Because I do think that everything is goofier in this than it will be elsewhere. You know, like they just announced that Hugh Jackman is coming back as Wolverine in Deadpool 3. He's obviously not going to be the same Wolverine as he is in Logan, right? A grim, gritty, sad, sober take on Wolverine. Hmm. And uh, like Bruce Banner in this is by far like the goofiest we've ever seen him. And Thor is exceptionally goofy in like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. It's fine for a character to kind of... Turn the goof knob knob up a couple of notches when they're in a movie that's more comedy oriented and turn it kind of back down when they're not. And I do feel like Daredevil in his own show is probably going to be not as lighthearted as this, but also probably not as grimdarky as the Netflix thing.
1: True. And I mean, and there is context for why Daredevil was the way he was in this episode. And I don't want to get into it because, again, we'll discuss it after the last episode. So
0: apparently, by the way, you want to call back, you know, who we know who turns out who fucks. Matt Murdock. I didn't know this, but apparently, like in the comics, Matt Murdock fucks a lot, and so like someone I heard said was like, "That's actually comic accurate." The fact that he, <laughs> I, I,
1: like, I guess, I guess that's how he knows. to just like walk it out like a fucking boss the next morning. Then. Yeah, and I, there was there was something very there was some there was like very
0: effortless chemistry there. It felt like it was really weird. It was like, oh shit, it's these two people I like and they're hooking up. <laughs> that's kind of yeah. how it felt. It felt like. Oh, this new person we know, Jen, is now going to hook up with this person we've known forever, Matt. Right? It was like weird. I don't know. And like I said, I the, I, I I totally get why a large section of like nerddom would totally hate this. Like I kind of get it, but I'm I just don't.
1: <laughs> it, I mean, it, it's fine. But to, to bring it back to what we were meant to talk about, which yes. was not Seawalk. No. Um, I'll start. Because, like I said, I completed the homework assignment for this episode. Yes, you did. And I watched the movie Watcher, which you can catch. I got it on Prime Video. You can catch it on YouTube for rent. There's a couple other streaming services that have it. Yeah,
0: Voodoo. It's on on all of your VOD services.
1: Yeah. And it was originally an indie flick. I think it was like an IFC jam Mm -hmm. that they had done. Correct. And so... I, and again, I don't want to do spoilers on this because this is a movie where you do have to be kind of careful about spoilers when you're discussing it. Yeah, here
0: I'll give you the I'll give you the premise because I watched like five minutes of it, so I'll tell you what I know about it. It's about okay. uh, it's about a, uh, a woman who is maybe newly married or about to get married to someone who is like from Romania, and so they're they've traveled to Romania together to Bucharest, I guess. And, he, like, she doesn't know any, he speaks Romanian, she doesn't know any Romanian. And that's it. And, like, they just, they, I just saw them get to their hotel, and that was it. Like, that was literally, like, the five, first five minutes of the movie.
1: Well, here's the jam. The woman, Julia, is married to, I think his name was Alex. They, like, okay. I, I'm so bad with names. You have to say it, like, 14 times before i remember it. They are married, and they moved from New York to Romania, to Bucharest, for his work.
0: Oh, okay. They moved. Okay. see that okay. Yeah, He
1: got a promotion. They got moved to the Bucharest office. So she is moving there with him. He is technically not Romanian. His mother was Romanian, but he's born in the U.S. But he knows Romania and he knows the culture. And so they moved there. And clearly Julia is an American. She doesn't know Romanian. She doesn't know anybody in Romania. She doesn't have any friends there. She has no family. She doesn't work, so she doesn't have a job that she goes to. And so one of the big sort of themes that is set up at the beginning of this movie, which I I will say it starts off slow. It is one that you got to stay with a little bit. But it sets up this theme of Julia having this very isolated, lonely existence because it's basically just her in this... Very nice apartment but in this apartment all day I mean your husband's at work and he works long hours he's in marketing he's, you got to go to parties and dinners and all kinds of stuff so she's home alone all day and also as part of context as soon as they get there they're out like on an evening stroll and they walk past like a crime scene and it's not entirely clear what happens here but through that Um, they find out that there's a serial killer on the loose in Bucharest. So she's home alone all day. Like I said, she doesn't really have any place she needs to go outside of, like, the store and stuff. And she doesn't have anybody to talk to. She doesn't, like... She's just there basically by herself. And so she becomes convinced that there is this... Ah,
0: I'll stop you. Hmm. Let's stop there. No. Let's not get into too many spoilers, though.
1: But it's not a spoiler it's literally the plot of the movie okay okay so she becomes convinced that there is this guy who lives across the street in another apartment building who is watching her from his window and also stalking her like when she's out and about at the grocery store and the movies and whatnot
0: so yeah so it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like a rear window except without the without being in a wheelchair Yeah, I guess so.
1: But again, and I, I point out the themes of like loneliness and isolation, and this is also emphasized throughout the movie. By and this is something that I find like seriously high key rude when people do this. Is there's scenes where they're hosting a dinner in their house or they're at a cocktail party or whatever. Everybody, all the Romanians speak English. Everybody is perfectly capable of speaking English, but they're all speaking Romanian, including her husband. In front of her so she's basically sitting at this table <coughs> like home, hosting a dinner and there's a whole conversation going on yeah it
0: the, the 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 movie even in the first five minutes the movie makes it very sort of hammers home how uh alienated she is by having these rapid fire conversations in romanian happening around her with no mm-hmm. subtitles also i said to jen the one thing i texted jen is i in the five minutes that i was watched from this was I had no idea how similar Romanian was to Italian, mm-hmm. because I did not know that. Romanian sounds a, a whole of a lot like Italian, and I did not, I've not Googled this yet, but I'm sure there's some kind of,
1: yeah. It sounds somebody smarter
0: of- than me is going to say, is yeah. going to explain why that's true. No, it's because, it's because of, because of Rome, because the Roman Empire took over, somebody tell me that, that it's because... That's where, where did the that's where Romania comes from. The name Romania comes from the fact that no, is that not it? I don't know. Let's see. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I know that JD, but like, so is French. But like, there there was some, but French doesn't sound to me like Italian in the same way that Romanian sounds to me like Italian. I don't know. Whatever. There might be some kind of like other historical connection there.
1: Yeah, and that was the point I was going to make is because I think people expect Romanian to sound a lot more like Russian, and it doesn't. It definitely sounds more Latin based. Yeah, well, oh no, that's
0: fine, but I, but, but I, again, there was something very specifically <laughs> like Italian adjacent to it. But uh, I don't know. That might be just my ear. Yeah. Um, so anyway,
1: we're, so we're going so, through this movie, and it shows Julia basically being just cooped up in this apartment all day basically (laughs) stewing over this idea that there's this guy that's watching her from across the street and is following her in the grocery store and is purposely sitting behind her when she goes to the movies and there's like the movie theater is empty and this guy's sitting right behind her like Mm -hmm. but the way it's built is it's like it also does show this kind of thing where it's and again this is very real life parallel where well we saw this a lot during covid where people were basically cooped up in their house and like just googling things and stewing over it and developing yeah. these these like becoming fixated on things in their head and so it becomes a situation where you start to wonder like okay is this really happening to her or is she just going insane mm-hmm. and i won't tell you the answer because that would that would completely ruin the end of the movie yes. but it's like oh, it's that slow build of like we are like and then she starts kind of like Leaning into her paranoia in a way that almost makes her you oh, No, sure. It, and it turns into this like whole thing of like, is this is this all in her head or is this like really legitimately happening? Is she really mm-hmm. being stalked and watched, or is she just fucking going insane?
0: Cool. All right. So I'm I'm definitely gonna be seeing this by the time that we have our next. Episode because I already pay I already paid for it so I gotta I just gotta watch it. Um, uh, the thing I saw uh, I saw the uh, the first episode of uh, Mike Flanagan's new show, The Midnight Club. Uh, Mike Flanagan, I'll take a, a second to talk about Mike Flanagan, who's uh, like one of the best horror creators that's going around now. He, he came originally from movies. He made this movie called Oculus that looks on its face like one of those you've seen a million of them before kind of movies. If you look at the poster or whatever, it was in this sort of period where there were a lot of kind of like, big studio pushed like horror movies that were like really lame. This one isn't. And then he signed this deal with Netflix and he made a bunch of shows. He made The Haunting of Hill House and then The Haunting of Bly Manor, which are both great. Hill House especially is like something truly special. And then he made uh, Midnight Mass recently, which is, again, one of the best horror things I've seen in years. It's so, so good. Um, and uh, But this one is a little different. This kind of harkens back to, uh, I don't know if people here are of a certain age or not. Ooh, JD thinks Midnight Mass was meh. Ooh, wow. Well, you know what? It might be, we can, we can, we can... Wow, look at this. People in chat are uh, people in chat are uh, we're unimpressed. I wonder if we could talk about it, but I wonder if it has to do with the religious themes and how I view a show that is deeply uh, Christian and its roots from the outside. And don't have uh, either Catholic or other sectar- other uh, sectarian or other sort of religious adjacent baggage to a show like that. I don't know. I might have a very different perspective on it because I'm totally an outsider to specifically here Catholicism, I believe. Like Flanagan was raised like a Catholic and it's very sort of deeply personal to him. Midnight Mass is about. I'm sorry. The Midnight Club is a little like a, a show that, to me, was like uh, si- exemplified like uh, the summer the summers that I spent in the states as a kid. Uh, Are you afraid of the dark?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nickelodeons. Are you afraid of the dark? A really, really kind of memorable show that was uh, that was uh, uh, like an anthology story. It was kind of like a Goosebumps. You know, you ever watched the Goosebumps TV show? Or, I read
1: the
0: books. Yeah, sure, but there was also like a Goosebumps <laughs> TV show, and it kind of worked in the same way. Or even like Tales from the Crypt—that was more up for adults, obviously. But mm-hmm. but you know, same same sort of thing where there's a each week or you know, The Twilight Zone is like the Mac okay. Daddy of this, right? It's an anthology show. There's a framing device in the in the Twilight Zone. It's always uh, what's his name.
1: Picture, yeah, if you the will, narrative. a man right.
0: out of time, yeah. right, right. right? Tales yeah. from the Crypt, it's the key, Crypt Keeper. Mm-hmm. And in Are You Afraid of the Dark, it's these kids who have this thing called the Midnight Society and they meet at a campfire and tell spooky stories to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Midnight Club has a very similar framing device, uh, but I don't want to tell you it exactly because that's, the, you know, like the whole first episode kind of sets it up. But it is also... In some form or another, kids telling spooky stories to each other, and those stories are kind of like played out. Now I didn't love it, but his stuff starts slow sometimes. See another person here, Joe Joe Mo- Joe Mobbs says Blind Manor was incredibly meh, Hill House is a masterpiece, and Midnight Mass was also great, but had a few too many monologues. I know people thought that Midnight Midnight Mass was really heavy on the the monologues – I'll tell you what I thought about Blind Manor. I thought Blind Manor was meh until the end and then everything kind of clicked into place for me and then I was like, OK, this is all – this all works for me. Like I, I actually think it's great. It's just it, – it it gets there in a really weird way but it's because I, of reasons that I don't want to say because it really will really ruin everything. Yeah. Um uh, the gravitation to classic horror themes. Yeah, okay. I mean, it reminded me if you wanna I, again, I keep recommending this, but uh, especially if you if you liked Midnight Mass and want something a little kind of on that same level. Uh, the anime show Shiki. I will keep every time I talk about horror things, I gotta bring this up. It's a horror show. It's about vampires, but it is uh, it explores the the sort of the human tragedy behind vampirism. Better than anything I've seen, including Midnight Mass. But it has some of those same themes, where vampirism is not—it's neither seen, it's neither cool. Like at the end of the day, because you know, it's not Twilight where being a vampire is
1: cool, cool and sexy and fun and right.
0: It and it but and it's but it's and it's also not just straight like now this person is a monster and the people who kill them are good and it's good versus evil, it's 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 tragic in both what it does like to the person who becomes a vampire and to like their loved ones and stuff. It's it's really like soul crushing. I think is the, is a good way to call it. It is horror in that purest sense where the things you watch happen are horrific. It's not, you're not being jump scared and it's because it's a cartoon. You're not exactly, uh, yes JD, it's based on a novel, on a Japanese novel, not a comic book and not a light novel, what they call, but like an actual proper novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like it's not, there is some like gruesome imagery in it ish, but it's not, doesn't lean on that. To me, like the tragedy is of like what you're seeing happen and how the characters react to it. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm going to stick with the, uh, where can you stream Shiki? asked JD? You could come to my house and we can watch it on Blu-ray. <laughs> uh, I think it's on Crunchyroll maybe. Cause Crunchyroll is the thing that has everything essentially, usually. Let me see. Yeah. I do believe that it is on Crunchyroll.
1: Didn't somebody just buy them or something? Crunchyroll?
0: Yeah. They were bought by, um. No, sorry. They bought – they're the ones who buy other people. Okay. They bought – they bought uh, – the The most recent thing they bought was this thing called Right Stuff, which is a big anime store. Um, it – no, it's not here either. Let me see. Um, I really should have uh, – well, I didn't know we were going to talk about this, so I didn't – I didn't prep. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna stick with the the Midnight Club at least for a couple more episodes. Uh, is it? Where is it? Where is it streaming? Is it not available for streaming anywhere? She. Wow. So you're gonna have to torrent it, I guess. You're gonna have to go yeah. to GoGo Anime. Not that I endorse doing things like that.
1: Bernie. Is
0: it on YouTube? Shiki's episode one. Because sometimes some of these shows end up on YouTube. Yeah, see, you can literally go go on YouTube and find it. Yeah, okay, English. If you just just go search for like Shiki episode one, uh, either like English subbed or in, like English dubbed or English sub. There's a definitely, there's definitely an English dub.
1: <sighs>
0: yes, exactly. <laughs> the the English version is definitely there. Um, so I don't know if you like subs or dubs or whatever, but uh, and also it's probably not super expensive to buy. I assume. I, I might be wrong though. Shiki. I'll
1: tell you, it's one like. of those
0: things that could be like twenty dollars or two hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh wow. Is it like out of print, so it's like expensive now? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. So silly. Oh my god. Okay. I'm gonna be streaming Shiki on Twitch this weekend. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna get mega banned if I do that. But like. What device do you like to use to stream? I don't... I mean, I just do it on my, like, smart TV. I, like, I cast things from my computer to my TV. Like, I don't... I'm, I'm not Mr. Fancy with that stuff. Anyway, I'm sorry I brought this up because it's apparently really hard to get now, which is just so, <laughs> so sad because it's, like, Thanks a fucking... Jerk. It's so fucking good. You don't have to worry. I can... I can I'll take care of you. It's the people listening <laughs> who are, like, fucked. Well, I'll... In five minutes after this is over, I'll show you how to watch it. I just don't want to, like... Officially endorse any of these methods. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I I I will say this: you might be able to. I discovered this discovered because you know I've been hearing commer- uh, commercials for VPNs forever, right? Every YouTuber I like, every streamer I like, they're all sponsored by like Express VPN, NordVPN. I finally mm-hmm. had use for a VPN. I was in Israel. I wanted to watch rings and i wanted to watch andor and i had it so i downloaded a vpn yeah. and it's fucking great right it's like it, it's it's like magical right you just watch you do whatever yeah and you might be able to do that i don't know if Shiki streams somewhere else in the world that you might be able to like use a vpn to to, to watch but that's uh that's quite sad anyway <laughs> now that i'm now that i'm done talking about that bullshit <laughs> um,
1: yeah, we digress but um
0: if you have Xfinity, you must use a VPN. I have Xfinity. Why are you saying that? That's an interesting- uh...
1: So do I. Of course, I've, it's been forever since I've tried to like non-officially sanction stream something. So. Everything
0: I knew is Swedish Disney Plus without ads. Uh, uh, JD episode of Andor one was episode one of Andor was really slow. Is it worth uh, enduring to see more? A hundred percent. Yes. And I'll say this to people who are like, uh, who are like, uh, uh, oh, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Clint Olsen. Oh, Clint Olson. Got it. Um, uh, I think if you're, if you're having a, a problem with Andor's pacing, watch it in three episode chunks because it's it's built out of like mini arcs like the episode that aired today was the sixth so the you know it, it ended the second mini arc and yeah both and mini arc ending episodes were very heavy payoff like it's like build up build up build up big payoff build up build up build up big payoff so you but
1: also yeah. yes episode one is slow <laughs> yeah but it's, it's fun yeah but. see I like
0: I mean again I'm I, I'm I because Jen was like oh watch her start slow I'm like I don't, I don't you don't You have to say that to me like I read thousand page books like it's slow it doesn't really bug me as long as it's not just like dumb slow but like it's it set what Andor does sets up a lot it 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 does stuff so that when an important thing happens you care like I, again without getting into spoilers I, I, put it this way I'm not going to talk about Andor let's talk about something else right Let's talk about uh, 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 Hot D for a second. Or
1: how about, like, how about I clarify something? Yeah. Maybe I I, I can be better with my verbiage. When I say something starts out slow, when I say that, I I mean, because, like I said, Andrew starts out slow, but there is a very specific purpose to that first episode. Yeah. When I say something starts out slow, uh, to me, that's me saying, like, this starts out with me kind of watching it, wondering like, what are what are we doing here? Yeah, here? no, what's, I th- uh, I mean, know, I and that's I don't understand what's going on. Here. And I what think that's yeah, and I think that's great pacing of,
0: of for many stories. I, absolutely. Um, what were we? Uh, I
1: mean, things can be slow, but as long as they don't feel like pointless, but. Anyway, yeah, we were going to talk about Hot D, which is neither slow nor pointless.
0: No, but, but I, what I was going to say about, about pacing and stuff is because we were talking about how Hot D. Uh, it, so Andor, again, we will take like two episodes of like us building up stuff so that when shit goes down like in this third episode or in the mm-hmm. sixth episode, you're invested in what's going on. Hot D is doing that writ large because like Jen and I were talking before the show about how uh, a big critici- a common criticism – because people are enjoying it. But even the people who like it, one thing they say is like, wow, the time jumps are confusing and the actors change and stuff. And what I was telling Jen is that the reason it's like that is that all of this is backstory to the, what the show is actually about. It's almost as though – Game of Thrones, imagine if the first eight episodes of Game of Thrones were about Robert's rebellion. Were about, were about how Robert and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and Edwards and, yeah. And Ned Stark killed Mad King Ares. I mean, it was actually Jaime Lannister who killed him, yeah. but like how they rebelled. Yeah. The the battle of the Blackwater where he kills, uh, the, uh, where uh, Robert kills the other Targaryen, like the king's brother, yeah, Rhaegar Targaryen.
1: Yeah, because he thinks that he kidnapped and raped his wife. Yes.
0: But but
1: we know as the audience. He kills him
0: with like a battle axe or like a war hammer or something like that, I believe. His
1: his weapon is a hammer.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it is right. It's like a a battle hammer. He kills like Rhaegar in the Battle of the Black Order. And so, yeah, imagine if it was that and it was like it jumped and jumped and jumped. And then in like episode eight, it got to like the beginning of Game of Thrones. That's basically what we just saw. Like, they actually. Uh, they actually devoted almost this entire season just to set up the story of the show, which is like so extra. but also, like the things that happened in this episode hit super hard because you because of everything we know. Right? It could have been very easy to for some character to lean into another character and say, Oh yes, her, her children have been accused of being But well, like we watched the whole like we watched the whole thing happen. Like yeah. we watched these characters since they were children. And so and and it's ballsy. It's ballsy, it's non standard. It was weird. And I said to Jen that I think that on upon second viewing it'll be less weird because when you watch it the first time, you're not sure who you're supposed to be focusing on, and then it jumps ahead and you're like, "Oh, wait, which of these characters were more important, less important?" Second time around, when you know what's coming, it probably will feel less jarring because you'll you'll know which characters are like the most important and which are the ones that should like your your attention should be on and which events are important. Uh, Yeah,
1: anyway, go ahead. Well, here's my thing. Like, in the abstract, I have no issues with them doing the time jumps to get us to where we need to be. The thing is, when I watch a show, I'm very visual, and it's very jarring to me to watch. Like, obviously, Viserys, they aged consistently. All the way to, uh, (laughs)
0: well... Walking corpse.
1: Exactly. Like, that was a consistent aging process. No other character got that treatment. And so it's very confusing to me when we go from like one episode to the next episode and it doesn't look like anybody aged really, but it's been like 10 years and I basically marked this by being like, Oh wait, she's about to have his oh god, this is kid number 3. Okay. We yeah. we we've done a time jump. I thought we were on kid number 1 and it's kid number 3.
0: Yeah. Well, and and but what what like I said what'll happen now is it's going to it's not going to happen anymore. And so on the whole looking back, I think that at some point it 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 won't like it won't feel like oh this was weird. anyway I, I get what you're saying. Uh, let me see. People are, right, are like, talking. Yeah, Kristen Cole is Dorian Gray. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yes, um, they
1: did. The series like, like the way a person would age, but then like Damon still looks exactly the same. Renee well, yeah. looks a well, little older. Sort of. Well, allergy, I think
0: that but... I think that the reason they kept Damon largely the same was also kind of to contrast. I mean, they were really leaning into how. Uh, like how decrepit uh, Viserys became.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: Clint Olson asked, do you think Viserys was poisoned? No.
1: By the Iron but Throne.
2: But
0: yes, because that, and that is, there's in the books, not just Fire and Blood, but also in A Song of Ice and Fire, like there's this whole kind of, uh, this, uh, this uh, running theme, where like the people get cut, the people who are like unfit for leadership, get cut by the Iron Throne, which is both metaphorical and literal. And apparently Mad King Ares, they called him King, what was his name? King Scab? Scab? I think he was called like Old King King Scab because of how much he was being cut by the Iron Throne. But I do like the idea. Here's the symbolism that I see in what happened with Viserys. That he was always, he was never decisive. He was always very wishy-washy. And what happened was he cut his finger and then like instead of just cutting the finger off, they tried to treat it and treat it and treat it and then they had to cut it off. But then the problem was the hand. And so instead of cutting off the hand, they put leeches and knot bombs in it and eventually like it just ate him alive. Yeah. Right. Because he was never decisive enough to be like, yeah, take my arm so that it doesn't spread beyond my arm. And and uh, and and but and also, again, the double metaphor of like the leadership, the burden of leadership literally sort of eating him alive. Um, yeah, King Scab says above average Joe. Yeah, that was, he was called King Scab. And, um, and, uh, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was, and yeah, Patty Considine, everybody's talking about this. I actually love when that happens when I watch an episode and I go to Twitter and I'm like, oh my God, he killed it. And then, and then I go look later and everybody had the exact same reaction. So I was very nice. And yeah, like everyone was like, God, give him a, throw all the Emmys at him. The, the, his iron throne, but it's all Emmys. <laughs> 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 I need to do that Photoshop. They're all pointy, too. They're all kind of sharp and pointy. Um, and there's a there's a behind-the-scenes video of him, like, dancing around between takes. And he's, like, not decrepit at all. Obviously, he could, like, dance around with the stick and stuff. And so, yeah, like, his physical acting is just so good in that.
1: Right. And by the time he gets to this last episode, which, I mean, first off, I'm surprised that series made it this long. Because, like, mm-hmm. he straight up fell out at René and Lenore's wedding. And here we are, what, 20 years later and he's still like ch- kinda chugging along, not really, but. Yeah. cause he wasn't
0: and- weak, that's the thing. Like he was not a weak person. He was just indecisive and he was not, he was meant to be a king. He was passionate and he was, he cared about his family. Like he was never an idiot. He was just not meant for leadership. But yeah, like, he was so... There's also, like, I believe in the books, like, the whole idea that Targaryens don't die easy, that they're kind of very... They're relatively uh, immune to stuff and so that maybe he survived longer, whereas somebody who was not Targaryen wouldn't have.
1: Well, his greatest fault was just that he wanted everybody to be happy. And even up until basically his last day of basically trying to make one last family dinner happen... He just wanted everybody to be happy and get along and stop being assholes towards each other, which clearly isn't going to happen, but he tried, he tried his best.
0: And I love how he said something like, mine is not an attractive face.
1: Yeah, because by this point, like half of his face is gone. It's he's gone. He's
0: like a, he's like a leper. He. It's almost like he has leprosy, but his leprosy is like not contagious, right? Yeah. Because, like, because people are around him and stuff. But that's what it looks like. It's just he's being eaten from, like, the inside. Um, and, yeah, like, uh, and, and it, it remains to be seen what – because what the episode kind of set up was that the coming conflict was going to be because of the fact that Allison kind of misunderstood – yeah. Is kind of feverish proclamations. And a lot of people are upset at that. They're like, what this whole war is going to happen over a misunderstanding. But I actually saw it like, no, because in a situation like that, in a succession war, people will use everything they can. I mean, they do that fucking now. Why do you think that a, a person who has a will needs to go get like a lawyer and a witness to be like, yeah, this person is sane and wrote this will out of their own free will because Otherwise, people get exploited into doing stuff on their deathbed that they didn't mean to do. And so the fact that like Allison would be like, oh, no, no, he said Prince Aegon like five minutes before he died. He said Aegon should be king. And so that's his will now. Like that makes actually perfect sense to me. That doesn't seem like a plot contrivance. That seems like she wants her kids to be – she wants her kid to be king so much. Like just hearing that would be like the perfect affirmation Uh for her.
1: Like, no, no, the, the war is going to happen, if I want to make a joke about it. The war is going to happen because people have, like, apparently five different things they can name their kids. And so we've got <laughs> you know, Prince Aegon's running around, and as it, it, it's intimated, or I think they point-blank say in, like, the, the after show for this last episode of House of the Dragon, that Viserys thought he was speaking to Rhaenyra in that moment and yes. telling her that her Prince Aegon yes. was meant to rule but it's Alison, and now she thinks he meant her Prince Aegon. So the problem is we have two Prince Aegons because nobody can think of original names for their children. And now we're going to have a secession war.
0: And there's a, yeah, well, and there's like, uh, yeah. Um Or he meant Aegon the Conqueror, like or he was, he yeah. was talking again about Aegon the Some Conqueror.
1: Aegon because there's like 15 Aegons he could be possibly talking about in this part. Yes.
0: And by the way, in the, in A Song of Ice and Fire... That's the same, and in Game of Thrones they changed it. For example, Robin Arryn, the son, the the Lord of the Vale in Game of Thrones, is yes. actually named Robert Arryn in books. But there's also a Robert uh, Stark and a Robert mm-hmm. Baratheon, and so they were like, we're going to call him Robin. And then there's also another one where Yara Greyjoy, uh, who is uh, who is Theon's sister, yeah. Yara Greyjoy in the book, is called Asha Greyjoy. But there was also Osha, who is the wildling who carries uh, Bran on her back. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, Osha, oh, Asha, that's too confusing. We're just going to call her Yara. And, and so, but here, out,
1: yeah. And,
0: here, yeah, and here, they actually thought of changing a lot of names and decided in the end. I think George Armand was like, nope, nope. Keep all the names. Keep all the names the same.
1: Because it's kind of humorous in a way, because like, I mean, the War of Secession would happen no matter what because of Lord Corvus' brother slash cousin in the books, but whatever, yes, deciding he wanted to be all loud in the damn throne room and accuse Rania of being a whore and having bastard children. And it
0: felt like uh, it was very, uh, that was very, uh, Dame, it's Damon playing 4D chess here. Like he, he was totally, he, he loved, he loved that that happened. He loved yeah. that he got a chance to, to fucking to cut half his head off.
1: Well, because he's, also, he's taking up for both his brother, who, I mean, obviously at that point, he's on the Iron Throne, he can barely walk, but he's sitting here threatening this dude with his life. And of course... He just recused Damon's now wife of being a whore, so yeah. I mean you can't just stand there and not do nothing.
0: I do love that. I uh, I have a love hate re- uh, relationship with the uh, reaction videos on YouTube, like people reacting to stuff like shows. But if I have a large, like if I have a like a very like uh, like a. Uh, like a intense reaction to something. I kind of sometimes want to go see how other people react. And it is funny to watch, even in our like jaded age of violence and sex and stuff, watch everybody watching this episode. And he goes like, and she, he goes like, and her children are bastards. <laughs> and then he goes quietly like, and she is a whore. Right. And I watched like six reaction videos and they all go (gasps) when he says that. And it's like, it's the tension is built up so beautifully that just saying that word, it's like, Even in 2022, like the fact that it's so shocking that he says that, you're like, oh shit, shit's going down now, right? And 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 Viserys is like in amazing, in his decrepit state, is like, I'll cut your tongue out myself, bitch.
1: Yeah, he's like grabbing his fucking dagger, like, I'll have your tongue for that. And then David just chops his fucking head off. I
0: love that. I love that. Because he had said, even all those years later, because that was the thing, like he had said years earlier that anybody who says that, anybody who questions their legitimacy yeah. is gonna get their tongue cut out. And But I love that, instead of being like, God's cut his tongue out, he was like, I'm gonna cut it out myself. I'll walk down there with my cane I, and cut I out your
1: tongue. I will get my cane and I will stumble my ass down there and take your tongue myself.
0: Amazing, yes, I'll be there in 20 to 30 minutes, sir. <laughs> David, come over here, help me walk down
1: these stairs yes. again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Serve some tea, I'll be there in a second. <laughs> <laughs> with his, with his half-gold face. Someone said he looks like an enemy from Elden Ring. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he really does, because he's like, he's three-quarters bald at this point, but he still has the hair that he has is still the long. Burlington, and...
0: The Burlington bar reactions are absolute gold. I got to watch that. Is that?
1: Is that? Let me see. Why are you looking at that? we can we can go back to the actual like really touching moment of this episode which is where the series decides Yeah, oh,
0: hold on. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I that's what I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was uh Shantang Tops uh uh channel. Yeah, I know. I know. Him, he's funny. Yeah. He and his his weird friends are funny. Anyway, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so obviously the the this episode starts out with apparently Lord Collis is MIA presumed dead we don't really yeah. know that yet In fucking
0: in the in the stepstones the afghanistan of westeros it's yes. been like 15 it's been like 15 years they're still fighting there people go there and they don't come back it's fucking I, it's like vietnam
1: they david they had already like declared mission accomplished like 15 yeah. years <laughs> ago but here we are
0: <laughs> viserys bush they also have. They also all have, like, the same name, right? It's like, yes. <laughs> Viserys W. Targaryen.
1: <laughs> so, anyway, the, the premise of the episode is that now we have to figure out who is going to be Lord of Driftwood, who's going to be Lord of the Tides, who's going to inherit House Valerian. Which is, of course, controversial, because um, Rhaenyra's children are not valerian
0: at all <laughs> and like and everybody everybody ev- kinda every kind of everybody knows it everybody that's
1: knows what, it. by the way that's the
0: beauty of this show because it's clearly setting up the because you got the blacks and the greens they're probably not going to call them the black somebody said i didn't think of this because oh, in the I, book, no, they're I called think
1: the Will, because they you know, already I, set that up visually.
0: Well, but they, they might call them. Era. You're right. They might call them the Reds, though, because someone said, I don't I'm not sure if they're going to call them the blacks, because he said, like, the problem is, like, the Valerian actors are all black. And so it might sound really weird if somebody <laughs> goes like, oh, the blacks, <laughs> the blacks did this or that. Yeah. And so <laughs> he was like, I don't know, maybe they'll change it to the Reds. Because they did say the greens, right? They said the greens, but they didn't. Ne- oh. They did not say the blacks. They might say it, I don't know. But uh, but they're setting up like Rhaenyra's faction to be like the better, like the more good guys. But they're wrong. That's the whole thing. Vaman Valerion was right, right? He should have, like, he should have been the Lord of Driftmark. Rhaenyra's children are indeed fucking bastards, right? And so, but that's, but that's the beauty of this. The bad guys have the, the the righteous moral case here but are doing bad things for it. That's that's moral ambiguity in a show, right? It doesn't mean that everybody has to be gray. Somebody can be a bad guy and somebody can be a good guy. But the good guys here happen to be violating the law of the land and lying about it, right? Because they're not supposed to do that. You're not yeah. – sp-
1: and it now is becoming a whole issue because now we have a whole argument of who should truly be the heir to House Valerian and of course Viserys is not hearing it as far as he's concerned Rhaenyra is heir to the throne her children are heir to Driftmark and that is that so how this comes about is Otto Hightower is hand again and so he is sitting on the Iron Throne Presuming to preside over this whole situation, and you already know what he's going to pick because you already know he hates Ranira's ass anyway.
0: So, yeah. well, and Feymund also like he came to him and to Allison before, and he was like, you know, the next Lord of Driftmark yeah. would be very grateful. Yes. <laughs> it be very
1: grateful, I'm and sorry. our army I just... <laughs> would be very, very
0: beholden to you yeah, exactly. that was such a great line by the way when al when Allison said um uh what was it when 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 uh when she was like uh what was the where, where was the word where she was like I don't because she wants her dad to be the hand and she was like he's gonna be biased in my favor though yeah I don't
1: care. Like, like, I want, like, I, like I want a hand that takes my side
0: yes exactly she was like I don't impartiality? Yeah. What is like, this? Like, oh, my dad. Yeah. What is this Middle Earth? <laughs> 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 this
1: is the Seven Kingdoms!
0: Yes, exactly. That's as Westeros! <laughs> um, but, uh, so... So, um... Yeah, anyway, yeah. now... So yeah, now, uh... Jaceris, so. G- yeah. Luceris, or whatever, he's gonna be the Lord of Driftmark. Um... But but the thing is, like, Viserys, Viserys also knew, right? There's the scene in the previous episode where the, the scene after the eye, after the eye gouging, where they're all together and there's recriminations and stuff. And the king says to, to Aegon, who told you? And he says, look yeah. at them. He says, it's obvious. Like, like Just look at knows, them. Like, everybody yeah. like... And he never responds to this, Viserys. Like the next thing he says is, from now on, anybody who questions this. And but and so the, the point is less, yes, we know, but like fucking look what you're doing. Like it's we we need to like not talk about this. Can yeah. we all just play ball, please?
1: And so somehow or another, Viserys, who is like bedridden by the is basically running everything, hears about the fact that we're having this whole discussion about who's going to be the Lord of Driftwood and gets, drift his ass up, yeah, drift mark, and gets his ass up out the bed and decides, I am going to go do my job today.
0: Yes, stops taking milk of the poppy, which is just a great, amazing fantasy world euphemism for opium.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, the same way, by the way, that another thing that they, they don't say on the shows, but they use a lot in the book and I thought it was great. Was one of the ways they treat like injuries is they uh, wrap it in bread mold, which is like penicillin. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like that's it's but almost it like.
1: Really gross when you say it I, like Yeah, it. I know, but
0: they'll they'll always say like, "Oh, dress his wounds with bread mold," you know, or something <laughs> like that. And so that's that means like it's their yeah. like proto form of penicillin. But that's I love shit like that because it is like a medieval world, but in some ways they aren't like our medieval world. So yeah. yeah, like milk, the milk of the poppy or moon tea, they call it moon tea. <laughs>
1: Although because we know moon tea is, you know, penny royal tea, which is used for abortions. Yeah, I thought
0: by the way, I thought Alice had poisoned that girl to death, but then both the creators and a bunch of other people said no. It was maybe? just moon tea. I, uh,
1: I mean, the creator
0: said so what am I going to say? And also someone someone made a, a, a decent argument as to because because I, because I thought, yeah, sure, the money, she gave her money so that she wouldn't yeah. suspect that the, the drink was a poison. But she also said, like, someone said, like, why would she have this whole discussion about her about not talking to people and stuff? She would just give her the money and, and whatever. I, I don't mind that it's ambiguous, too. I think the point comes across either way. The point is Allison is, like, has to run block for her stupid idiot son, and it doesn't like the idea of like the moon tea. And it also has like weird uh, historical connotations with it because of what happened with Rainiera. Uh, it brought back a lot of bad memories. And yeah, the idea is that serving girl is now gone. You don't know where she might be dead. She might've left the kingdom, but the daughter was like, where's uh, whatever her name was, Diana or something like that. And it was just like, she's just gone. The point is she's gone. She got raped by a prince, and because it, this is a, a, a freakish medieval uh, a patriarchal world, she had to be made to go away somehow, right? Exactly, Siberia, Clint Olson says.
1: Yeah.
0: But I, that's the thing. Like, it doesn't – you don't even need to know. The point is she's gone, and that's what needed to happen, and it wasn't her fault, and she was terrified. And it's because he's a – he's like a – he's like a sex-crazed dummy. He's
1: just – just drunk and like rubbing one out like staring out the window at King's kingsland <laughs> he
0: feels a little like uh he feels like a like a like what like a tommen if tommen became like he didn't commit suicide at a much younger age yeah. cuz he's not joffrey he's not a psychopath he feels like a failure he feels like a he, yeah like he feels like a um a uh, uh like a rich kid like a failed rich kid that's that's sort of what he feels like. He's kind of playboyish, but then he was like, "Oh, no, m- mother, nothing I do is ever good enough for you, mother." You know, he had this kind of like
1: Although, sort of pouty. I, I I I do have an old argument about Allison being like the angry good girl and probably being a bit like that. Where like nothing's ever good enough for you. I'm never going to be good enough because she's. The, here's here's the thing about Allison that pisses me off is that she is that angry good girl and we've all seen this person who is like I did everything right and I did everything that I was supposed to do and was asked of me and I did my duty and this bitch over here did whatever the hell she felt like doing, fucked whoever she felt like doing, has three bastards that she just flaunts around court and then she married her uncle and had more kids, and she's still heir to the
0: throne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I've and, and also like that's the beauty is you're right because Allison is the villain, but a very complex, very understandable villain. Because additionally, it's true that like oh they're saying oh the king is all high on on milk of the poppy and she's running and stuff, but she is running things. Like that's the thing too. She's like I'm running the kingdom. Up until the moment that my husband dies and then Rhaenyra is just going to waltz in here from Dragonstone and she's going to become queen. That's not fucking fair. I've been running this whole thing the whole time. Well, she's been off gallivanting on dragons with her uncle. Like, her motivations are so understandable. But again, it's because we've gotten so much time with it. I know JD's dying for us to talk about rings. But we're not going to we're not gonna have a lot of good things to say about rings, unfortunately. It's just weird to me.
1: I don't know. I, I don't dislike rings as much as a lot of people do. Like I, I find it fine. I mean, there's some questionable things in this past episode where I'm like, I don't really know where we're going. Character development wise, but <laughs> it
0: was very right? great. Yeah, it was very grim.
1: Oh, it's uh, extremely grim.
0: Yeah, it was very grim. Here's here comes JD. He's like, put me in, coach. We can. Go we can you. bring we can bring JD in. Um, I, I'll say this about uh rings of power. Uh, i think i, I think that um, most of its problems are uh extra or meta textual that's the thing like there's too much baggage if this were an ice if this were in vacuum like i wish there was a way to watch this without knowing anything about any tolkien right and just be able to like detach it from that it's so difficult though uh and and, and or if they would have said this doesn't tie into Lord of the Rings. We're just doing another story. and We have to change things in it. Like I, I feel like they're 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 forcing me to like connect it to something I already know, but not, well, I but mean, not delivering is. on that.
1: Especially even like the last scene of this last episode was like, Lord Father, what shall we call the Southland now? Dun dun dun! No, it's Lord of the like
0: I did not like that at all. (laughs) The episode should have just ended there, by the way. That's all. What should we call it? Cut. Because we all know what the name's going to be. Anyway, JD, go ahead.
2: You guys are terrible. (laughs) You just gush all over rings, not rings of power, you hate rings of power. You gush all over hot D, and then you just, oh, rings of power, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) <laughs> but it's I, funny.
0: but I, I, I care because, but I, that's the thing. Like I hate because I care <laughs> because I like, cause I like, I love this world and it's, and i like, yeah, anyway.
2: Okay. 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 So neon, tell the people, tell the people if you were in charge of the show, if you had written rings of power, where would the show be going right now?
0: Ooh, that's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting uh, question. I just think that um, I don't, you know, I don't actually, I don't actually know. I would, that's a complicated question that I would need to like sit down and plan myself. I mean, it's doing what it's doing, right? The, my only, my biggest issue, I'll tell you what my biggest issue is, is that the most compelling part of it right now seems to be who is Sauron. And who is the Meteor Man guy? Instead of being more compelled by the character drama, there's a lot of mystery. Like, what is, what's going on? What are, how does this connect to the things that I already know? Hot D doesn't, like, doesn't, it does that a little. And every time it does that, I frown. Like every time they bring up the prophecy again or the dagger again, and they're trying to be like, "Remember, remember Game of Thrones, people." I'm like, "You don't have to do that." I'm enjoying this right now. You don't have to tell me more of sense. And so, like, I think that to, to me, that's that's motivated by fear. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say laziness, creative laziness, but a fear of like straying too far away from things that people find familiar and wanna like latch onto. And yeah, even Hadi is guilty of this. And I do wish they had, they had like spent less time being like, where's, which one of these characters is gonna turn out to be Sauron? You know, like I actually think that it would've been better if we knew all along who Sauron was, but just watching the other characters get like totally taken in and like not being able to stop. It might've been here, that, there you go. There's your answer. A thing that I would have changed was I would have kept the, the mystery from the characters, but maybe not from us, if that makes sense.
2: So um, <clears throat> the podcast that I put in the chat, The Rings of Power Wrap-Up, it's done by the same people that did the Prancing Pony podcast, if any of you are familiar with that. It's like the Lord of the Rings podcast. These people are like college English professors. Who are fluent in Elvish and speak all, the, all of languages?
0: Actually it's called Quenya. It's not called okay, Elvish. Okay, okay. <laughs> They'll be the first to tell you it's not called <laughs> That was my nerd the nerdiest thing I've ever said on this show.
2: Yeah, they Curious. say Quenya, but I speak the common people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I call it Chinese, not Mandarin. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
2: Okay, so anyways, (laughs) something that they mentioned on the podcast, which you should listen to, Neon. I know that you listen to podcasts. I do. I I have enjoyed it. It's explained the episodes really well. But something that they brought up that's really good is they keep saying, hmm, they're talking about Galadriel. They're doing this. It looks like they're going down a certain path. But then they're stopped because they didn't buy the rights to the Silmarillion. And they're like, Amazon's spending over a billion dollars on this, why didn't they just buy the rights to the Silmarillion? It would have made it so much easier. So- I don't think they could.
0: I don't think they were able to.
2: Well then how do they buy everything else from Tolkien's family?
0: Um I I, I, I could read I can't remember. I can you can read up on the thing now, but there is I think Christopher specifically owns the Silmarillion in a way that he doesn't own other things because he actually collated it and wrote part of it. I think that might be it. And he's notoriously finicky with adaptations. He didn't like the movies either, and especially not this stuff. And he wasn't involved in the Tolkien. He actually resigned the Tolkien Foundation, I think, over this show uh, because he was he wasn't happy with what they gave them. He wouldn't give them anything that he controlled. And because they sold stuff that he didn't, he was like, I'm, res- I'm resigning, I, th- I believe. He's like Alan Moore. Somebody mentioned Watchmen here, too. Christopher Tolkien and Alan Moore need to, like, establish a club about people who fucking hate adaptations of the work, <laughs> of like the original works. The uh, the movie and TV adaptation hater club.
1: I thought I read somewhere that they wanted, like, $20 million for Cimmerillion, which, I mean... If you're going this deep in financially on a show, I mean, I don't know what another 20 million would even be to Amazon, but...
0: It's going to be very interesting to watch like what happens with this on because I I really do not think that this is doing as well as they would have wanted uh, something this big that they want to like continue doing for, I don't know, five seasons or something.
2: Well, and, you know, Tolkien can... Christopher Tolkien can complain about the adaptations like the Peter Jackson movies. Like I've said before, I'm currently reading the books. I'm listening to the Andy Serkis narration of the audiobooks, which is excellent. Ooh. Really good. He has a unique voice for every single character. It's quite amazing. But well, books,
0: he's does boy, he ha- does he do the? <laughs> I, I want to does he do the? I mean, yeah, it's funny. Like it would be funny to to listen to him do a scene like a Frodo, Sam, and Gollum scene. Oh, yeah, and like switch in and out of his Gollum voice.
2: Well, no, it's, it's fantastic, because he does do that, so you should listen to those books, too. That's actually, but, I, might, I might actually do that. But I'm here to tell you, the books are frickin' boring. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know this before, but the movies do a really good job of bouncing back between, like, The Fellowship and Frodo and Sam. Now, I just finished The Two Towers a couple weeks ago. The first 57% of the book is The Fellowship. Yeah. And then you have to listen to nine hours of Sam, Frodo, and Gollum. And Gollum. I'd noticed some people, they were talking on Reddit or Facebook or something about this, and they're like, everyone rips on Sam and Frodo for having stupid conversations and complaining in the movies, but in the book, they actually have like these deep, intellectual, philosophical conversations. No, they don't. No. The, the movie is spot on. They complain about walking the entire time.
1: Well, <laughs> well, to be fair, they're doing a lot of walking.
0: Yes. What's it called? What's that place called? The the weir. The place where they get lost with uh, with Gollum there, with the where they use the elvish rope and all that stuff. There's like this kind of like labyrinthine place that they're lost oh, in for most named, of the book.
2: Uh, Sheba the fire No, no, no!
0: Before that. They're, that's where oh, they are when
2: they meet Gollum. yes yeah uh, i can't remember it's, um, it some somebody's going to write it. something this is what i get for not reading the book and listening <laughs> to the audiobook
0: i, <laughs> I know visual visual yeah. uh, visual uh, the 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 spelling is good for uh, for retention for memory retention anyway we're actually uh, we're running really long so i think we're going to i think we're going to kind of uh, head towards a wrap up here um, but, uh, there, I, it, it'll, it'll be good next week where we can talk about the season as a whole, um, because it, so much of it hinges on, that's another difference between this and Hathi where, where a lot of rings, uh, will live or die based on the last episode. Whereas in Hathi, like I just, I've already enjoyed a lot of things and like, like the next episode could suck and it wouldn't really, but yeah, there's a lot of like, there's lot hanging on whether or not they stick the landing, I guess.
1: Well, I mean, and that's and also kind of baked into the cake, too, with Game of Thrones in general, where it's always, like, the penultimate episode. That's the big one. And then the season finale is kind of, like, wrap up, mop up. Sometimes it's literally mopping up.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's very funny. That's funny. Mopping up, like, blood and gore.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, on that note, I think we're... Uh, we're gonna end this uh, second episode of our spooky. There wasn't that much spookiness going on in this episode. There was some spookiness, I guess.
1: Yeah, and you should watch Watcher it because it's genuinely yes. genuinely good. And like, I don't want to ruin the ending for anybody, but it's like, yeah, it. I'm, 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 i I'm impressed with how they kind of like tied everything together and wrapped it up and made.
0: Well, you know me, I love a good indie horror movie. So, uh, thank you very much for listening to uh, to All Crossed Out. And uh, yeah, I think we're just going to quickly do plugs and, uh, and get out of here. So, thank you. go take it out, Jen.
1: Okay, so obviously, you know where to find us here on Colin, 830 Eastern. Um, our main podcast, Indigenous Crossover Event, drops on Mondays. You can find it on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Audible, all your podcast catchers. Obviously, you can find this show on either. Get call in, or you can find it afterwards on podcast budget it live. You can find us on Twitter at a and b x over, and you can find me on Twitter at that Jen Monroe, and also at jenmonroe on substack dot com.
0: Yay! I'm Neon Taster on Twitter, and also youtube dot com slash c slash neon taster, and twitch dot tv slash neon taster, where I've been streaming Elden Ring again. It was really fun. Uh, and that's it. We'll see you on Sunday. On ambitious crossover attempt. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jen, and uh, have a continued good spooky Halloween. Good night.
2: Night, everybody.